0: Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be a great actor on stage or television? Do you wish you had an acting coach to help you get to the next level? Or maybe you just have a great idea for a movie, series, or play, but aren't quite sure where to start? Well, you are in the right place, my friend! My name is Sam Prince, and I am the director of a production company here in Grand Rapids, Michigan, and have been an actor for over 30 years. I've directed and written plays and screenplays and taught many acting classes this podcast is your place to learn how to move forward with your career in acting theater film playwriting screenwriting and much more there will be inspiring conversations with special guests as well so welcome to the creativatorium podcast and action Welcome back to the Creativatorium Podcast, new episode. Thank you for joining us. I am your host, Sam Prince. I am so honored by being joined by the Carl King.
1: How are you, sir? I'm very well. How are you? Good, good. Thank you, thank you. You are. And thank you for having me, first and foremost.
0: Yes, yes. I am honored to have you. I mean you are a a legend in in the industry. I mean you've done everything from directing to writing to all kinds of things and um, it's just amazing. I, refresh my
1: memory Mr. King. Are, are you originally from Detroit? I am born and raised in the 48217, the most polluted zip code in the, in the world. <laughs> yeah yes i'm 48235
0: so um you know that's that's more west side but you yeah, know we're southwest but i mean it was the pollutants that helped i think i don't know yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um so it's a it's amazing that being both of us from detroit that we haven't run into each other artistically but we're about to which is i'm excited about
1: but yeah and 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 the funny thing is is because there's so much talent in Detroit and the pool you draw from, you you can still get some great talent, but there's so much more out out there, you know? And I've worked with people, you know, all kinds of people I thought I may never work with, but this project is a little unique and I think that's the difference.
0: Right, yep, exactly,
1: exactly. Well,
0: tell those, you know, those three people who aren't aware of who you are, you know your your journey, you know, and and what got you into the performing arts and and, and, and the film and the writing and take take us back and 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 catch us up to
1: how you are today. Okay, it was summer, nineteen sixty three. No, the, 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 the my journey in is a world. A- my journey is a very strange when I tell people I live both a charm and a checkered life. My grandfather was a Motown, great Maurice King. He was a ranger, producer, conductor and personality coach for Motown for many years. You know, he discovered Gladys Knight. Hold on one second. Rhea come podcast um, during the pandemic dogs are are loud, you know? And so he was on that side of it. And I got a chance to see that with him. I wasn't hands-on or anything, but I, there's times I've been around him, seeing famous people. I just always liked it. But since I can't sing, dance, or anything like that, I thought my, you know, talents would be better, you know, serve behind the scenes kind of thing. And I, everything I really that happened in my life was haphazard. My first writing gig was in like 2008 or seven or eight. It was a, a, switch, a TV show called Switch Play TV. It was sketch comedy here in Detroit on the WB. I saw it one night, and they said, "If you're a writer, so and so." I submitted a script. I didn't even write it. My at the time, my 12 year old daughter wrote it, and I submitted it. They accepted me only because I. They thought I was real boisterous at the uh, interview, which I can seem that way to people, but they said, well, what genre do you write? I said, why don't you guys try to give me something you think I can't do and let's go from there because I think I can do anything. I ended up being head um, writer for that show a year later and everything from there just happened. Some people came through. Dennis Reed, who's doing so much stuff right now in the movie world here in Detroit, he came through with a play that he had called He Said, She Said and he wanted us to direct it. And I read it and I said, well, I didn't like it. And I said, the only reason, I, only way I would work on it, if you would allow, allow me to rewrite it. He did that, we went on to do Cheaters after that. And after, And once that happened, I started ghostwriting for other people, produced and directed some uh, pieces of my own, which I'm really, comedy is really my thing. You know, and I was writing dramedies, I call them for other people, but I had a chance to really this play idea called There Goes the Neighborhood, when I really let my comedic um angst to uh, come loose completely. I just put m- all my foolery on the stage. and that mm. one thing just um turned into so many things. Um, I we were doing Dennis's play, Reginald Ballard, I can't tell the story how it really went, but Reginald Ballard was on a bus that's um from Martin Brubman, mm. and mm-hmm. he was he was complaining about some things and I'm really kind of a direct person. And I told him, well rather than say these things to a person who really doesn't care, Why don't you call your wife because you look like you're hurt, you know, because I don't really care what's going on with you. And he told me Allah (laughs) sent him to talk to me because he's a Sunni Muslim. And he came back and I could tell that he had a real serious conversation with his wife and he told me we were brothers for life. I shunned him off like gone, man. It's it's early when the two of us going up to Jackson. A week later, he called me and he did a show for me. I can't tell you how much he did it for or he will say if I ever told anybody never speak to me again but he put me into comedy when my company clucked up comedy. And I've been doing that for 12 years because of that chance meeting with him and everything I've done from that point, from in the entertainment as far as live entertainment, not my stuff. I partnered with Joe Vicari out at Andiamo for years. And it's just been one heck of a ride for me. And it's all been things that just happened haphazardly. I've always been a writer, but I never yeah. ever had written anything that I would show anybody until Switchplay came along. Wow, that is crazy because that that's
0: another story that I didn't know that you, you you told me so many stories since we've known each other. Wow, because there's the other one right with the uh, the the Asian gentleman it
1: was a very wealthy man that you met. Well, I've I've met a ton of those, <laughs> you know, right. Emma, yeah. but none of them have been Asian. You know, um uh, well, Joe Bakari well, 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 is the owner of um Andiamo and you know Joe Muir restaurants and all that, he became my benefactor for a while. And that literally was our situation. My ideas, his money, and that's what we did.
0: That's that's what I'm thinking. It wasn't Asian, it was he, he's more Italian. A, Italian, right. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. And and you the, there's a story behind him as well
1: right? i mean no no i mean other than the fact that joe's just one um amazing person here in detroit even though um uh, uh a anything, i guess anything i don't even want to go political you know but <laughs> no I don't, I don't i don't i don't have any other story for joe other than the fact that joe is a very straightforward and it's really funny i guess the only funniest story about joe and i don't know if he would be bothered by hearing this joe's Sicilian. You know, and you know, the stigma people get, you know, you think Sicilians and all that kind of stuff. Right. But when it comes down to certain things, like if Joe gets upset, he becomes more Italian to me. <laughs> you know, it's like, like his voice changes. Like I did this one show and lost quite a bit of money. And his voice was like, well, oh, no, girl. I got to get this money back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like we were friends hey, hey. All of a sudden. I lost the money. It was like, uh, no, I'm not taking any losses. That's not happening. <laughs> you know? right, right. right. You know, I, it was just it was just so funny how his his vernacular changed completely. Like I felt like I was in the middle of the movie. I was waiting for the little mandolin things to be playing. Right.
0: <laughs> it takes me back in, drags me back. <laughs> something,
1: something to that effect. It, it was more like we split the loss. Like my thing is your benefactor, you do this, I don't take any losses. This is a win-win-win-win for me. He let right. me know, no, you can lose too. So we split the loss. <laughs> And he told me it had to go that way. You know, I was like, okay. "Right." And it was funny. I mean, I shouldn't be talking about Joe like this because these are these part of this is my mind working. But the day he came for something else, it was a little guy with him. In my mind, I want to say he was a bodyguard or something. I don't know. But yeah. he was a friend of his. And yeah. he came up with Joe. And I'm sitting, this we first was first meeting, first deals. And I was sitting there and it was about he was there trying to watch this money to see what happened with something. And that's how we became partners. I was with someone else doing the show. They didn't pay the money from the show before that, but I was producing the shows for them. And he told them over the phone when uh, some people were going like that guy didn't pay us last time. We're not going to do this. And he asked, is that guy, Carl King, there says, let me speak to him. And he says to me, are you going to make this right by me? I said, said, Joe, I promise I have everything under control. And when he showed up with the guy to see how it went. I'm just somewhere minding my own business. This guy seems like 100 feet away from me somewhere else. I turned to talk to somebody and instantly, he's right behind me going, Joe wants to see you. <laughs> I am uh-huh. like, like, this guy's like moving a different time space. And he, and he did one thing. He said something to me from across the room, but you know, he it's like he, he was a, a whisper that could throw his voice. Because he was over there and he's like, he was right next to me. Joe wants, Joe wants to see you again, <laughs> you know? it was funny. That's I don't get getting in trouble for that.
0: That's great, right? 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 So, you know, obviously, you know, being from the entertainment industry with your family and everything, I mean, was there a bug? Was there like a, like a,
1: like a moment where you were like, "This is what I'm meant to do"? No, um, that's that's why I try to tell people, even with my grandfather and all that, that wasn't it. It was just part of it because I believe, in, you know, hereditary characteristics. But it's just, I'm a very all over the place, scatterbrain kind of person, you know, for real. And mm-hmm. it's just, I touch on things, I do them, I move on to something else, I do that, but I'm kind of a hoarder as well. So when I say I touch on something, I move on to something else, I move on to something else, but I always hold the other thing. So it gets to the point where people think I'm crazy because I have like 20 Facebook pages and I have several of them under different names that don't even remotely sound like my name. But I do this because I was doing something, I had like a play up, I had a comedy show up, I had a um, musical concert up, like an R&B show and I had a jazz show. So it was something like every week. And the mm-hmm. first people who knew me was like, I can't just keep giving you my money every week. And it made me think, <laughs> this is just my mind. It made me say, And this is now I don't want I think that if people look at things like this, let's just say I owned a a block of uh, shops and I had a hair salon, beauty supply, laundromat, grocery store. And they all said, Carl's this. People Mm -hmm. would come and see my name so many times that they wouldn't go to every store, I think, because they have in their mind, they want to keep giving me their money. But if it Mm -hmm. said four different names, people would be more relaxed going to every one, I think. So I would create other names and do shows under other names. And when I'm in my invites talking to people.
0: I am looking for two types of creative cats. I'm looking for people who want to learn how to act or want to improve their acting skills. I provide acting and audition coaching for every level. But I'm also looking for all those creative cats out there who have a play or screenplay idea or maybe you're just stuck and need help writing your masterpiece i can help you with that too just go to samber.productions that's s-a-m-b-e-r dot productions and click coaching and all your options are right there and we will achieve your goals together it's never too late all right let's go
1: when people would say something negative because that you get that. And as Carl King, if I say, you know, something back, something that seems kind of mean, even though this person said a negative thing about my show, but the fact that I spoke up for myself, other people go, why are you talking to him like that? He's your customer. He's your consumer. So I created other entities that could come in and just curse people out in their name. And I would step <laughs> in, Still, me going, no, no, please don't do that. He had the right to his own opinion. <laughs> you know. And so oh, I look like a good guy. I could be the bad guy. I could be the good cop and the bad cop in that thing. And it wow. just, it just, it just, it just it's, but I started, I got, I took it too far. I started creating people in other States. I started doing things in Ohio with the funny bone. So I would, I had to have Ohio personalities, <laughs> you know, so oh, everywhere I worked, I, I created somebody for that region that I was working in. Uh, and I'm, you know, I think that makes me schizophrenic, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but again, that, just a good but, question, no, I've never, had my mind set on anything. The thing I love doing more than anything is I love writing. And I literally write something every single day. Just like for Black History Month, I write a poem a day based on Black History Month. I've been doing it for years. And every day throughout Black History Month, I write a poem about my Blackness or our Mm. Blackness. And you know, the whole, something about Black History Month every month, that creativity, it, it lends to the fact that I'm a very, very proud man. And it, I, it gives me something to do because I write every day and I'm married to a woman who hates poetry. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's, a, it's kind of rough. I don't have anybody to write poems to. <laughs> like, I, it was really funny. It hurt me. I've been writing a poem for 20 years. I wrote her this poem one day and I she didn't she be re- responded like she really does. Oh, that's real nice. I was like, no, baby, wait, because I really liked it. I was like, no, tell me what, it, what you really, really invoked in you. What did you really feel? Right, and my wife looked right. at me after 20 years of doing this and said, "Carl, I don't really like poetry. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I write her poems all the time. I just never read them to her anymore. I'll at least post them right. on my page or just send them out in the world some other kind of way. But Right, you know, right. So again, I'm just all over the place with things. I can't say anything. Just grabbed me. I just saw things I liked and I did it. Wow.
0: That, that, that is so great. And I mean, going back to your, your multiple accounts, I mean, that's many people do that. You know, there's athletes that do it. There's, there's major companies that have, you know, what they like to call burner accounts, but I mean, you can
1: call them whatever you want, but it's genius it really is it just helped me you know i mean for me and when you think about actors who do it i was i just tiffany haddish has been on my mind all day because i saw this thing about her in common today and i jumped on youtube and say because i know tiffany well um we've hung out several times matter of fact i was the only person who had ever brought her to detroit for years before um she got big yeah so when we've had some great moments together i was doing this show I created called reality hits the stage at Andiamo, and my concept was everybody on the stage was from a reality show. And Tiffany was with Kevin Hart's, you know, husbands of uh, Holly, the fake husband's thing. Yeah. And I love Tiffany and (laughs) I I, don't believe I'm saying this out loud. Tiffany was a, a, a good comic for me, but she was a comic that had, so you have to have a certain amount of time in you and Tiffany for me, only had about a good strong 15 maybe 20 minutes in her mm-hmm. so when i'm putting her on the show when i and it's going to go longer she's got to do 30 minutes with fizzle for me and i and i just liked her when we we're riding around just talking she was just a lot funnier than me off the cup so i started mm-hmm. bringing her as, as a host as opposed to just a stand-up comedian or something like that and she just mm-hmm. gave me better but i was doing this show so michelle a was on the show so it's tiffany michelle a and i riding around because i told tiffany i said well look um, you're gonna come in, but somehow I mentioned Michelle A's coming in three days early because she doesn't have a band, and I have a band here that's gonna rehearse her songs with her. So she was like, mm-hmm. I want to come in there three days early. Why can't I come Michelle No, I'm like, Tim, you can come do whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. So she came. So it's us three just a riding around for three days, doing like late night eating and stuff. And the two of them were so funny together. Um, Fox, um, two here has always been gracious enough to always let me come on their morning shows with my shows and things like that. And I brought Tiffany and Michelle A on. They impressed them so much with their just the chemistry they had that they let them stay for every segment of the show. And I told them when you guys go back to California, you all should talk because they had this great chemistry they had never met each other before. But they just had mm. great chemistry. So mm-hmm. my thing is you are talking people with different names and highly stuff. Tiffany would never do that, I don't think, because she is who she is. Everything you see about Tiffany Haddish, the things she say, you can believe it because she's the most genuine person I've ever met in my life. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And is she doing all right? I mean, have you talked to her lately? You know, that's funny. Um, I reached out when I saw the drunk driving thing. and she hasn't responded back you know and usually when i reach out to her she might respond in a few days but she hasn't responded back yet and i didn't ask her about the common thing because that's not my business you know but i know tiffany loves her when we when when she was divorcing her first husband we were friends and talking about that and i know that that hurt her but the thing is is tiffany's a beautiful woman Mm -hmm. her doing comedy jealousy thinking you're doing this you're doing that but it was a hard grind and people realize Tiffany Haddish has been out there forever they think they all of a sudden saw her and thought oh that's a girl no Tiffany had been out there doing comedy for years and years 20 some odd years she has so much um she's accredited for so much so many things she's done before that people don't know about like her voice and video games and stuff like that yeah people don't know she was um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia people didn't know she did that she did a lot of things she got a lot of Film credits that people don't know about but she's worked really hard to get where she is i tell people that all the time you think that people just pop up but you don't know the work they put in like even ben affleck was in doing movie stuff when he was a kid you know so it's not it's not like some people you know have that jump into the limelight instantly but most people you see worked hard people like Ludacris, they got college degrees i mean master p went to college you just think because of what you like you see a Jay-Z mm-hmm. and go, with Jay-Z to go to college. But at some point, Jay-Z sat down with somebody and they taught him some things. right? Because he's a businessman, for real. He's not, my no stretch of the imagination is anything less. But these right. are people who work. And you have to put in the work for it to be uh, successful. Right. All right.
0: Amen. Well, great. That's all good stuff. So let's talk about Old Heart, the play that um, you're going to be doing in
1: May, right? Yes, May uh, 14th and 15th. We were this supposed to be the um, Valentine's weekend, but because of COVID restrictions with the venue, we had to push it to May 14th and 15th, which I think in many ways made it a little bit better. I wanted wanted it to be um, a Valentine's weekend for the, uh, you know, it's a love story and it was Black History Month and I changed some things up in that. Now, Old Heart, um, it's a play about a gentleman who's World War II vet. He was over there, fell in love with a young lady named um, Sarah Von Prague. And he was supposed to bring her back with him, but he didn't. But now that he's uh, going in an assistant living, his no good son, a terrible person actually named Brooks. I think that's who you're playing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, anyway. um, they're, trying, they're trying to put him in assistant living. So he goes there to try to find his first love. And the book is by a gentleman by the name of Peter Ferry. I had a chance to read the book, which was great. And like I discussed with Dennis, anything I work on directing, I need power to um, the autonomy to change things. And I when I read it, I loved it it, so much. much. But the difference was and I always try not to sound like a bigot when I say this, because I've said this to a lot of people. And well, I'm just going to say, I said to a lot of Caucasian people and then look, I don't want them look at me like, I didn't change the the lead to a black man, which created your character, your sister and the granddaughter and the daughter over there. I didn't, I didn't create those characters because I'm a black man. It's just that it was a white man who was over there, Jewish woman, and she was like, you're not going to, you know, the Jewish thing. And I I think it was um, a bigger story with it being a black man. I, I really do. And they um, mm-hmm. they, and they, were there with me on it. And then Roger's wife, um, she put in the dynamic of the Red Ball Express. And the, and the thing, it, took, it was already great, but with the, the additions and her coming in and doing her what she did, it just made it that much greater. I'm, I'm almost as proud of this as I've done of anything I've written myself. It's really an amazing story That's and it great. just has so much to it. It's, it's a very robust play. Wow!
0: Yes, it is. Yes, it is, and there are a lot of characters.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. now that's now that's the truth. <laughs> <And Yeah. laughs> that's the one thing kind of reminiscent of what I do because when I I always put a lot of characters in my plays, and my partner would be like, "You have fifteen different people. there's people only 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 saying hello." I'm like, "But it, it just works for me. I just I need that, you know." And they want to yeah. double the characters. Like she can do the bag lady, and she can play this. But I I'm like, "No, we need thirteen actors." I don't. I, for me because i know i don't believe in hollywood magic at all right
0: right <laughs> i hear you i hear you so plays in may there are still roles that can be filled correct and what's yes. the best way what's the best way for someone listening to this
1: podcast to get a hold of an audition it's simple the name of the play is old heart and you can reach me at oldhearttheplay at gmail.com. It's as simple as that. It's oldhearttheplay at gmail.com. You know, we're filling some of the smaller roles. We um lost our lead, an amazing, amazing man. Anybody in this podcast has to know Von Washington. Oh, you know, yeah. and, and, and then he's he isn't passed or anything, but he's not able to do it. And so replacing him has has been it's been arduous in, in a sense, you know, I've, I've, I've yeah. read with so many different people, but I need somebody who was really going to feel this part because it's a very pivotal uh, role in the play. Right. You know, and he needs to be about he's an older gentleman, right? Right. We need a gentleman. I, I, I've gotten to the point where I think we'll take 60 and make him 80, you know, yeah. something like yeah. that. Yeah. And um I, I, I'm loquacious, and I put my foot in my mouth. You can't talk as much as I do without putting your foot in your mouth several times. There was even a thought of trying to aid you for the part.
0: <laughs> Man,
1: Roger saw you as Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass picture. Yeah, he,
0: was, he did.
1: Yes, he was he thinking did. this could happen. <laughs> and I was thinking, I was thinking, well, that's too Hollywood magicy for me. That's too that's too far you know what I'm saying? making you look 80 you know what I'm saying? Yeah. i mean there's, there's there's no way a person could believe that you were 80 years old
0: right right yeah but i guess i got some a couple dudes i know from this side of the state that that are in their 60s 70s that i'm gonna recommend for sure
1: please please and you you've already been helpful in this with a couple of people that you sent our way anyway so continue to do that work harder for us please
0: well, sure. I definitely will, man. I definitely will. Thank you. Thank you so uh, very much. No problem. And you know what? I think that's a great spot for us to end this segment. We're going to have to do another one, sir. Yes, sir. Not a problem. It's yes, such a pleasure. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I'm honored. Uh, so we'll wind this up and then we'll have part two next week, y'all. Thank you, Mr. King. Now, thank will- you for having me. For sure, for sure. And thank you for listening to the Creativatorium podcast, y'all. See you next time. Hey, hey, hey. Thank you for listening to the Creativatorium podcast. Again, my name is Sam Prince. And it is my honor to be your host. And thank you so much for listening. I would also be honored if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts and say some nice things about what you just heard. And definitely please listen every week. We come out every Tuesday. Also, for more information about coaching classes, workshops, and upcoming productions, please check out our website, samber.productions. That's sambe rproductions and you can also subscribe to our newsletter. And remember, all the world's a stage.